we basically were swimming our first maybe half an hour we were swimming through this minefield of, of of jellyfish that we tried to avoid touching we had no idea that they're completely benign uh and we were so stressed because of that it was yeah it was so silly Do you like backpacking? Do you enjoy swimming? Have you ever thought of combining the two? Swimpacking is an outdoor adventure sport that involves swimming in open water with a dry bag that contains everything a backpacker would normally keep in their pack, like food, clothes, shelter, and other gear. So these are like multi-day trips. Swimpacking trips are usually combined with hiking or biking and allow participants to travel by land and water to places they couldn't normally access otherwise, like old growth forests and other remote wilderness gems. The idea that people might do this hadn't even crossed my mind until episode 24 guest Zuena Gray talked about meeting a swim packer on her Bruce Trail through hike this year. But it is a thing, and Ilya Kaprilov, not the same Bruce Trail swim packer, has been doing it in British Columbia since 2018. He's even helped start a small but growing community of new swim packers, mostly around Vancouver. Ilya's trips in 2018, 2019, and 2020 with his friend Martin Chermak were documented by Chermak in a two-part YouTube series called The Swimpacking Diaries. Ilya has swimpacked in lakes, rivers, and even coastal waters throughout Vancouver Island and BC's lower mainland. He's kept company with seals and glided over many, many blooms of jellyfish. On today's episode of Catch Me Outside, Ilya talks about his adventures and the ins and outs of this growing sport. I'm Megan Dallaire, this is Catch Me Outside, and without further delay, let's get to it. Okay, so Ilya, I I only learned the term swim packing about two or three, maybe three weeks ago. Um, from somebody who knew someone who was doing it here in Ontario, it's never even really occurred to me that <laughs> you could you could do essentially the same thing that people do when they're you know canoe paddling, um, but just yourself as I'm doing like swimming motions with my arms. So um, for <laughs> for people who have never heard of it, what is swim packing in a nutshell? Well, swim packing probably. Um, bears its roots from uh, bike packing or backpacking. It's essentially the same thing where you pack your overnight gear um, in a backpack or a dry bag or whatever you have uh, and go on a journey or on an adventure. The only difference with uh, swim packing is that your journey is very wet. Um, <laughs> and instead of paddling or walking, you swim. But I really like combining... Um, <clears throat> swimming with uh swim packing with uh bike packing and, and and hiking that's just how i prefer doing it uh swim packing doesn't necessarily have to be exclusively a swimming adventure um especially if you are hopping islands for example or if you're going from peninsula to peninsula uh by swimming uh you inevitably end up hiking uh, or on some of the trips uh we would uh bike to our first destination then swim from there 
And I need to know, uh, do you have like a background in in like triathlon or anything like that? Because it almost feels like like that kind of thing. Honestly, um, yes. When I'm looking for swimming partners, I, I, I often look for people with at least a little bit swimming uh, or triathlon background um, because um, you can learn how to run relatively far in a limited amount of time. Uh, swimming is a bit trickier. It really helps if you have some sort of um, experience in, in um, like, swimming in a, in a, in a, in a sports team or, uh, or, or just spend a lot of time swimming outdoors. Um, I personally have spent quite a bit of uh, time of my childhood in the swimming pool. Uh, not necessarily the best years of my life, but, uh, at least I found a use for them. So. <laughs> okay. And, and so like, how big is the swim packing community? I know you said that you're seeking out people who are you know, maybe have a triathlon background, so a triathlete background. So it, I get the impression that there, there aren't a ton of swim packers, just, you know, there's not like a swim packing club in every community or something like that. So yeah, how, how big is the swim packing community, both locally where you are, but, but also abroad? Oh yes, we're we're so far away from from uh, from such a picture where there would be a local swim packing community <laughs> in every town and city. Uh, there might as well be. I just don't know about it. They might be right. just very silent. At least uh, here in uh, in British Columbia, I really only heard of people doing that who I personally know, and that's not a lot of people. Only people who have done it with um so it's uh, martin chermak uh who is my uh good friend who's unfortunately now in czechia right uh, and he was he was my um uh main uh swim packing partner uh but i've recently found a few more people through uh, varsity outdoor club in uh university of british columbia right uh it's uh emily uh, adam tick and uh, martin Querbis. Uh, who I went on a uh, trip in September, and that was really fun. But there's still really no an organized club, maybe if not counting a Facebook group. Uh, but it's relatively small Facebook group, and it's mostly just my Facebook friends who are okay. members of the club. <laughs> did Did you create that Facebook group? Yes, yes, I've oh, wow. created it back in I think 2018 or something when I started. Uh, well, the main the main goal of it was uh, was was to brag about the trips, uh, <laughs> but also, to, <laughs> but also, uh, but also just to uh, kind of uh, keep tabs on people who are interested in it and uh, uh, maybe finding people uh, to go on trips with. Right. Um, other than here locally, uh, there is a relatively big, or re- relatively big uh, swim packing community in Scotland. Really? Uh, yes. And uh, my friend Colin, um, mm-hmm. he organized uh, he organized a Facebook group that uh, promotes swim packing. They call it swim hiking. Uh, the okay. swim the the Facebook group is called something like uh, swim packing slash swim hiking slash something else like i don't swim quite camping remember but and swim yeah, camping yeah i think yes, i joined yes, that yes okay um and that community is quite a bit larger there's i think 400 members um, oh, wow. um and their trips are 
uh, most posts that I see on that group group are uh, trips um, that are organized near or at um, the Hebrides uh, archipelago uh, off the shore of Scotland. Okay. Absolutely beautiful, just stunning mm. place uh, with a somewhat similar aquatic nature to what we have here in British Columbia. Um, so me and Colin uh, had a few back and forths just sharing experience of um, how to how to pack, what to take, uh, uh, what kind of strategies to use to deal with the cold water. His 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 strategy is way better. He's just so much of a better open water swimmer in terms really? of dealing with cold temperatures. I I chicken out and uh, not really go to the open water year round. Right, right. So, so shoulder season is not so much a thing. <laughs> not for um, me, no. That's fair. And so when you first got into swim packing in 2018, were you aware of it already elsewhere? Like, had you kind of heard of it through through communities in other countries? Or was it just sort of something you decided independently that you wanted to try? And then you realized that that it's actually a thing that people do elsewhere? I think it's more of a former. Uh, I really tried hard to uh, find some information about, um, well, I didn't really know how to call it back then, uh, (laughs) about swimming, multi-day swimming trips. Uh, I just couldn't find much. I I did find a few uh, books uh, that were describing uh, trips. Oh, did you bring them? Yes, I brought some Amazing. books. Amazing. <laughs> uh, yes, the, the book that I found that was uh, probably the most helpful was by Sean Co- uh, Conway. It's called uh, Helen High uh, Water. Uh, in that book, he's describing his journey around UK by wow. swimming. Um, absolutely insane. Nothing that I ever anticipate uh, doing in my life. Um <laughs> Uh, but uh, there's there's a lot of good advice there on on how to organize your swimming uh, a multi-day right. swimming uh, but he was doing it um uh with support uh he had right. either boats or kayakers with him uh throughout the journey um i i couldn't really find anything where um uh, any information about multi-day swimming that would be mm. unsupported, where you would right. just take your stuff and 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 go with it uh, in, uh, in 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 the water. Um, so we kind of had to improvise the first the first few trips, um, and only then, after doing a few trips, I got in touch with Colin and realized that it is actually a thing that people do uh, <laughs> around the world. Um, but, um, yeah, unfortunately there still is a, a big deficit of information and experience, um, in the sport around the world. Uh, So yeah, it's uh, very much, um, from what I know about swim packing, it's, it's very much in its, uh, infancy. Yeah. Well then I'm, I'm amazed that I've, I've heard about it at all, but you know, it's happening here in Ontario. Um, somebody that I interviewed a few weeks ago about a, a hike on a on a 900 kilometer trail here said that she had a host, you know, at some point on her hike who who was into swim packing and she would do it uh, wow. in Georgian Bay here in Ontario. So it's it's spreading. And so, like, what were your reasons for in as far as you knew invent like kind of inventing this new form of of getting outside? Like, why did you decide? What was what was your background already, and why did you decide to to try swim packing and and make that a thing? Well, 
basically basically i was from what i remember i was just uh, kind of getting into um swimming outdoors after a long hiatus uh where i kind of bailed on swimming for uh, for a couple of years and i was mostly mm. focusing on backcountry skiing and um and climbing and uh, doing other outdoorsy uh trips in british columbia uh, but then I started getting back into open water swimming and kind of trying to combine the outdoors with my, with my, with my swimming skill. And uh, one day I told uh, about my swimming, open water swimming endeavors to Martin Cermak, who is an outdoors geek. Like <laughs> he is absolutely crazy about outdoors and about nature. He's um, he's a very active uh, community member in terms of um, uh, nature preservation, and um, he's very interested in in old growth forests and mm. in uh, salmon ecosystems. Um, and uh, he got very interested in the idea of swimming through an old growth forest or swimming to an old growth forest somewhere in British Columbia. And um, I really liked the idea and I thought that it's, um, it's, it's very achievable. There should be a lot of old growth uh, in British Columbia. British Columbia is massive. Um, uh, later, I found out that it's actually not the case. There isn't actually that much old growth in British mm. Columbia. There's only something like 3% left. Um, and um, um, it took quite a bit of uh, searching on the map uh, to find those last few patches of uh, old mm. growth forest. And one of them was located, uh, or still is, luckily, is located in uh, Pacific, National, Pacific Rim National uh, Park Reserve. Um, that's uh, West Coast Trail. Okay. Um, yeah, so Vancouver Island, um, yeah. Yeah, Vancouver Island. Um, and um, the Pacific uh, Rim National Park makes this indent um, inland uh, mm. into the uh, kind of deeper into uh, the Vancouver, uh, into Vancouver Island. Um, and like an inlet uh, or that's a where. It's a it's it's a lake. It's a, lake. a okay. sol, It's a tidal lake uh, oh, called Nitnat. Cool. Um, there's a small First Nation community at the tip of the lake, at the uh, northern tip of the lake, um, and um, it's a lake that is four meters um, above the sea level, so it gets Ooh. flooded with seawater all the time. Um, so so it's salty. Well, wow. at least. We realized that when we first arrived there, I didn't really know about that, that it's a salty lake. That was quite a big surprise. Okay. Um, and um, so, and, and we thought, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to go there. We're going to go to Nitnat and uh, try to do a, uh, just an open water swim there. But the more we were thinking about it, we realized that it is highly impractical just to go there for one day. Mm. Um the actual old growth forest is is quite hidden from mm. uh, from um, from any trails or roads. Um, the only way to get there is either hike on West Coast Trail for a really long time for a couple of days. And I'm I'm a really poor hiker. I I have <laughs> bad knees, so oh, okay. that wasn't an option for me. Right. Um, and um, an idea come to my mind that why don't we just swim for multiple days and, and, and just get there? 
Um, so, and we just decided to give it a try. Of course, that wasn't our first. Actually, no, that was our first trip. Um, really? Uh, first swim packing trip. Uh, it was overly ambitious. <laughs> um, and so that one failed. Okay. Um, and it's, it, it, yeah, that was... Uh, probably because we didn't know much about uh, we didn't really have much experience we didn't know how to do it um yeah it was a giant fiasco <laughs> but you must have learned so much from it just from that yes, it must have that been a huge learning experience yes that was basically a very expensive rehearsal um for for future trips um uh since going to uh west coast trail uh, well first of all we had to <laughs> we had to talk to the safety team uh from nitnat um to let them do us uh, to, to 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 let them uh, to let us do the trip by swimming they they right. never heard of that and they were they were surprised and their first response was hell no we're not letting yeah. you do that we're not selling you the tickets <laughs> um and so it took a lot of convincing to um uh, allow them uh, uh to to allow for, for them to allow us to uh to go to this trip um uh and we also had to pay for uh for for use of the of the hiking trail um so on that trip, we've learned that uh, first of all, that Nitnat Lake is salty. We, we right. didn't know that, and makes a huge difference. Uh, really? Swimming in, yeah, swim, swimming in salty water is so much more difficult. Um, really? At least for me, it's it's just harsher environments. Yes, it's, right. Um, um, uh, first of all, you're 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 dealing with uh, often you're dealing with much colder water. Mm. Um, you are dealing with um, with uh, the chafing uh, of the skin is uh, is is much worse uh, right, in the little, salty oh, water than in that or or maybe it's just the it just because the water is salty once you get chafed it it stings a lot oh yeah uh, right whereas okay. yeah whereas in the fresh water it probably is not as noticeable. Um, and, uh, we were freaked out, like both of us are, are, um, uh, both of us were born in, uh, landlocked countries and we didn't really have that much contact with, right. with the ocean. And we were terrified with jellyfish. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> um, we, we basically were swimming our first couple of minutes or maybe half an hour. We were swimming through this minefield of, of of jellyfish that we oh, tried no. to avoid touching we had no idea that they're completely benign uh and we were so stressed because of that it was yeah it was so silly oh no i i think i read something in in your um your blog post about it or like your article about it at some point you said you looked down and you could see the sandy bottom and it caused you to panic um why why was that what would be so what would be bad about being able to see the sandy bottom so i think what i noticed was it wasn't actually sandy bottom it right. it looked like a sandy bottom but when i tried to touch it my hand went through it okay okay completely through it and and i freaked out i i just i i i got this uh 
this this mismatch between what I feel and what I see, right. what it ended up being was uh, layering of water where the fresh water was at the top and the salty, Whoa. murkier water was at the bottom. So I could see through the fresh, clean water that was layering at the top. And I was observing these kind of wavy, uh, this, this wavy surface of, of murkier water at the bottom. Um, and yeah, it was completely a uh, wild experience uh, because once I realized what it is, it was it was just so cool. It, 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 it felt like you were swimming over clouds or something, just absolutely uh, beautiful. Yeah, in a way, I guess it would be sort of like the layers of the atmosphere. You've got these different layers of this like kind of brackish water. That is so cool. And so, so okay, so you bailed on that trip at some point. Um, yeah. but you, you kind of kept at it. So over the years, um, like how, how have your techniques changed? What did you learn from that trip that you then changed going forward? Right. Uh, our main, <laughs> our main issues with that, uh, with the first trip were, the fact that it was really cold, we were okay. really unprepared uh, for the temperature, uh, even though it was end of August. Um, Nitnat is a really strange place that it has its own weather compared mm. to the rest of the, uh, at least compared to, to the south, to su- Southern Island. Um, it can be 30 degrees in Victoria, that which is in south of the island, but you drive 200 kilometers, uh, not even north, it's kind of west. Right. Um, like the total, the total direction uh, is, is west from Victoria. Um, um, and the weather is completely different. Mm. Um, and we were cold even before we started swimming. Uh, it was constant raining. Um, our gear was leaking, um, and, uh, the fact that we had to swim 28 kilometers in really cold and very salty water, (laughs) uh, in the next four days, um, was just, just defeated us. Just that, that thought of, of this misery, uh, that this misery would continue for another four days, uh, was just completely, um, uh, unacceptable to us and another reason that basically was the last the final draw uh for for us to decide that yeah we're not doing this um was that we didn't bring a stove with us oh. to us when we were planning the trip uh it was just another bulky thing to hold with you uh in the swim pack uh and we decided that you know what we can live on sandwich uh, off of sandwiches for for four days nothing bad will happen to us but we did not realize uh, how much of a morale boost hot food is. Um, it's, um, yeah, we really missed it. And since that trip, I, I, I can't eat peanut butter jelly sandwiches anymore. <laughs> just, I, I can't, uh, it just brings this, this horrible feeling of just cold and misery. Oh, God. <laughs> so yeah. since then, yeah. Uh, so yeah, since, since then we we've learned a always bring a stove even on a single day trip. Um, it really helps. Uh, it makes the trip a, a completely different experience. Um, and uh, b choose choose weather wisely. And mm. 
end of August for British Columbia could be slightly too late. Uh, so probably the best days are around the longest day of the year um, mm. uh, to maybe mid-August. Uh, so basically the uh, yeah, kind of end of end of summer is probably right. the best time for swim backing yeah. adventures uh, in days. British Columbia. Yeah, and and so on this on these first trips, like, were you using a were you? I'm assuming you were wearing a wetsuit. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, as I mentioned before, I'm afraid of cold water, even <laughs> though it's, it's it's very weird. Uh, I was wearing wetsuits on all of my swim packing adventures, except for those where, um, except for my trips in Moldova. Okay. Uh, because it's just way, way warmer there, and it, it's not really required. But in British Columbia, right. uh, waters don't really go above 16 degrees in best case scenario in some freshwater lakes. Um, so, um, yeah, I was always in my, uh, three, four millimeter wetsuit. Wow. Okay. That makes sense. And then, um, well, I don't want to ask you too much about the gear you use. Cause I do have a question about that coming up, but, um, skip hmm. like jumping ahead in time to, uh, September this year. So you, mm-hmm. you did another trip. You, at that point you'd had a few under your belt, right. From 2018, um so yeah how was yeah. your September trip can you tell me about that um you know wh- where you went and also like um you know how how it was applying the things that you learned from your previous trips um so September trip was absolutely amazing probably one of the best swim packing trips I ever went to um for multiple reasons. The trip was uh, basically swimming up Widgeon Creek. It's a probably not very well-known creek. Uh, it's basically uh, located um, at the outflow of the Pit Lake um, uh, near Vancouver on the mainland Okay. Um, in British Columbia. Um, it's a very... It's a very small and kind of shallow creek with basically no current. The only current right. that um, that is in the creek is basically due to the tidal activity. Mm. Um, Pit Lake is uh, affected by the by the tides. Um, it never gets um, it never gets salty water. Um, (laughs) but, uh, it's, it's always, yeah, it's always fresh. So the salty water just doesn't reach, uh, pit lake, uh, during the tides. Um, but the water, uh, the water in the pit river moves in two directions, depending on what, um, in in what tidal phase you are. Um, so that's, that's, uh, kind of interesting. And I didn't really realize that it's going to be so dramatically different uh, like that the, the, the current is going to be so dramatically different uh, between, uh, within the same day um yeah and uh the reason why it was such a perfect swim packing trip was because i was going with uh two of my new swimming swim packing buddies um em- emily adam tick and uh, martin Querbis, Quir- uh, who are excellent swimmers um um, and uh, we could totally go for uh, a more difficult trip, but I'm still glad that we went to Wichon Creek, uh, and that's because if 
something happened or if you just were tired of swimming and if you didn't want to keep going you can just stand up and walk on the bo- at the <laughs> bottom of the creek nice it was a complete surprise to me i didn't really expect that it's going to be that shallow um but uh widgeon creek is probably one of the best beginner friendly swim packing um destinations uh just because it's so non-committal um you can be completely uh you can be a complete beginner and not being able to swim more than 500 meters as long as you can cross pit river uh which is uh, maybe 200 400 meters something like that um you will be completely fine uh because the rest of the trip you can just walk (laughs) or swim if you want yeah. yeah, no, and I mean, like, the best beginner trips, whether you're a cycle packer or, you know, like a bike packer or a backpacker or swim packer, I find are those non-committal ones where, like, the stakes are not that high. You can bail easily if if you realize that it's, right. you know, it's not working out. So, um, yeah, so that's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, you have to keep treading the water uh, in order to stay afloat, for sure. You can't yeah. just stop swimming. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm done with this. So, okay, so before before I um, get into, like, kind of the nitty-gritty of the gear, so I've seen photos of some of the, like, pack rafts that are available. So I, I have a general idea of what this looks like. But for people who who can't even imagine what what swim packing looks like, can you can you paint a mental picture of what somebody would see if they were to come upon a swim packer swimming in a river or a lake? Is it you know? I'm sure you don't have a backpack on your back. Um, I'm sure you're not pushing <laughs> the raft in front of you. So how does this work? What is the what is the image of a of a swim packer? <laughs> um. Honestly, when we were just uh, starting this, uh, we had no idea how how to carry so much stuff with you. And we did actually experiment with uh, swimming with an actual backpack. It oh, went wow. really bad. It, it, <laughs> don't try it. it. It's 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 a really bad idea. Um, probably the simplest um, the the simplest picture that you're imagining is the right one it's basically just a dry bag mm-hmm. uh on a leash attached to your hip to your hip okay that's that's basically it and oh. until we arrived there we tried a few configurations and all of them were pretty dumb okay. um <laughs> we, we tried swimming with the backpack we tried to swim with uh to 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 holster um the uh, the the leash from, that's coming from the swim pack or from the dry bag uh, onto our shoulders. That's also not a good idea. I did a whole swim packing trip where the leash was attached to my heels. It's just why? Right. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Just do yourself a favor and, and and attach and attach the leash to um to your hips. Oh. Um, the only difficulty with that is that the leash will be tangling in your heels all the time or in your feet, right. uh, especially if you kick when you swim. Some some people don't kick or kick very uh, very slowly or or their kicks are almost non non-existent, which is totally fine. It's, yeah. it's just depends on the technique. But if you do kick, then a couple of floats that are attached to the leash that doesn't that, that don't 
that don't let the uh, leash sink uh, really helps. So the leash right. kind of stays stays floating on the surface of the water, and your feet keep kicking without uh, really getting tangled in the leash. Smart. That's that's basic. Basically, what you would see. There is some nitty gritty details of how to make the pack more efficient, how to make it slightly more safe, how to make it slightly uh, how to make it more waterproof uh, because that's uh, that that's a big deal if you arrive to 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 your camping site and uh, your your bag is completely wet then yeah. it's a really really bad surprise yeah. yes yeah and and so okay and then okay okay yeah i have so many questions about that uh, so so <laughs> sticking with the gear for now yeah Okay, so for one thing, I guess the dry bag just kind of stays afloat because there's air trapped in it and it's it's airtight, so it just kind of trails behind you on the surface of the water. Yes, I was actually quite surprised to learn that as long as it stays dry, mm. you, like no matter how heavily you pack it, how how densely you pack it, it will it will stay afloat. Uh, wow. Because most of the things, most of the gear is actually buoyant as long as it doesn't get wet. Right. Uh, like all the all the plastics, all the fabrics, uh, oh, they're shoot. they're much lighter than water, so they stay afloat. Right. Uh, as long as the water doesn't get in, and even if it does, um, the, the 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 rate of of, of seepage into the uh, into the bag is often slow enough that uh, over the day it doesn't get completely filled. Right. Uh, but it's better not to not not to do it <laughs> okay okay and so all right so what what kinds of specialized gear does somebody need to to undertake swim packing so like we've uh, alluded to dry bag wetsuit um what else do you need like do you use flippers and then i'll just let you list uh, everything <laughs> yeah so basically everything that you need for Everything that you need for a normal day uh, or a normal uh, outdoor uh, swimming session, you would need for swim packing. So your goggles, a mm. bright cap, so that uh, people can, so that the boaters can see you, uh, a wetsuit if you need it. Uh, that's basically everything that's uh, that's that's required for for just normal swimming in the in the water. Probably I prefer to use tinted goggles because often um, the sun is just too bright and I can't uh, I, I can't see where I'm swimming and so um, uh, tinted goggles are the best for that. Yeah, and in addition to that, uh, you would have your swim pack. And in the swim pack would go things like all your camping gear, uh, lots of food. Um, I always underestimate, like in the, in the first couple of trips, I, I always was underestimating how much food I will eat, uh, even in one sitting. Um, it's a very energy intensive sport. Um, so I can only take imagine. more food. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I also have a water bottle kind of holstered to the swim pack kind of on the outside in case I want to uh, take a sip of water while I'm swimming. And um, yeah, the, the only problem with swim packs is that while you're swimming, you can't really open it. Right. Um, and that's uh, so you can't really access. Uh, so if you want to access anything while you're swimming, like your phone, some snacks, water, 
all of that has to be kind of on the in some sort of an outside pocket. Dry bags normally don't come with outside pockets, so you yeah. have to add them. I had to add them to my uh, to my um, swim pack. Wow. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if you're buying a system like Rucksack, uh, which is basically a floating backpack. Uh, on this floating platform, um, it's a bit easier. There's probably a bit more options for putting your keys, your phone, your satellite navigational system, or or satellite communication um, device, um, snacks, and, and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, another uh, thing that I already mentioned uh, that is probably very worth uh bringing with you is a satellite navigation device uh, or satellite uh, communication device because yeah if you get swept into the ocean your only chance of getting saved is probably with a uh, sat nav oh that's sure. horrifying that's so scary um uh, yeah well that never really that i don't think i was ever close to actually being swept right. into the into the ocean but i guess we can talk about that later i saw there's yeah about it later <laughs> well i mean yeah you i guess you always want to you know hope for the best but plan for the worst yeah 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 uh, oh uh, another really important piece of gear that i always bring on my swims is a rain jacket even though oh. uh, there might not be any uh, like not a single drop of uh, rain in the forecast i still bring a uh, rain jacket to put it on to put it over the wetsuit uh, when i'm having a break on the land because it prevents evaporation and so you stay actually stay warm uh, yeah, one of the things that we have discovered on uh, on our very first swim, even before we did uh, Nitnat Lake trip, uh, where we were just um, trying out uh, outdoor swimming in general, uh, was that you get really cold outside of water. Once you get out of the water and you just want to take a break, or if you are getting cold in the water and you're getting out uh, onto the land, you're not actually getting warmer if you're wearing a wetsuit. So evaporation, yeah, evaporation causes a uh, drop in temperature. And so until you're uh, completely dry, you will be getting colder. So in oh order to God. stay warmer, you either have to take off your wetsuit if, well, once you're on the land or put on a rain jacket. In that case, it really helps preserve heat. Wow. Wow. And yeah, and then I imagine in the morning, like unless your wetsuit has dried overnight, you're putting, you're, you're slipping into a cold wetsuit ah uh, yeah it's probably the worst the worst part of the day is uh, putting on a wet wetsuit um but I, I guess i guess this phenomenon is shared between a lot of uh, water sports like surfing um, yeah just in, in general open water swimming but it's okay it, it only takes five minutes of misery and then you're back to normal it's, yeah it's okay <laughs> No, I know it's hikers. Hikers complain about putting on, you know, frozen wet socks in the morning when they're backpacking in, in cold places. But this is a this is a this is a different. Level. <laughs> yeah, I never had my 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 wetsuit freeze. That would be a really interesting experience. Um, although at some point, if I ever go on a uh, like a fall swim packing trip um, where temperatures drop below zero, that would be a very uh, very unnecessary experience, but what, what an interesting one. Yeah, based on what you've told yeah. me, I can't see you choosing to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> probably not. So, yeah. so if you're, um, 
the the concept of like being kind of like damp and wet for for days is well i mean i guess it, it happens if you're backpacking in the rain um that kind of thing which i've done but you must have to like is there a lot of consideration that goes into moisture control like in your wetsuit like um you know do you have to worry about um rashes blisters chafing like any anything like well you, you mentioned chafing and i think i read that it was from the the strap or something like that but yeah like if you're if you're in and out of a wetsuit for days at a time um once you're on land do you have to take like special care to really like dry your your body off and and stuff like that like do you have to worry about that kind of moisture control mm -hmm. um I don't think that moisture itself really causes that much a problem for mm -hmm. my skin, but I know about a few hot spots uh, on my skin when I'm wearing a particular wetsuit, mm -hmm. and I always watch for them. So I basically learned all the all those hot spots, um, and before every swim. I uh, put on some uh, body glide uh, on mm. the wetsuit and uh, on my skin. Uh, sometimes I would use Vaseline. It's probably not the best idea to use Vaseline. It's At least that's what I'm told. Oh, okay, okay. It's sticky. It works really well for me. Okay. Uh, but uh, but 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 uh, some people get angry with me for for using it because it's not very eco friendly. Right. I guess um, it's like a so... petrochemical product. Yes, yes, and you can actually see, and you can actually see this oily, uh, the, how 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 oh. Vaseline oil basically spray spreads away from you on the surface of the water when you right. get in the when you get into the water. Right. So yeah, once I saw that, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure I want to keep using Vaseline. Um, so body glide, um, or or some alternatives, uh, linoleum. I I heard is a good alternative. Mm. Um, and that's natural. I think it comes from sheep's wool. Yes, yes, it's a it's a natural oil from 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 the uh, from from the sheep wool. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and I think it's a mixture of that and something else that I right. I don't quite remember what it was. Um, uh, I couldn't really get my hands on it, so I uh, I didn't really try it. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as long as you keep those hot spots uh, lubricated, I think you're going to be fine. Uh, at least, at least if you have my skin type, um, maybe there are some other considerations of uh, being constantly wet. Um, I don't know. I, I find myself um, always dry during the night. So I completely, yeah. uh, I wouldn't say that I'm completely, uh, I don't get this experience of this constant wetness on swim packing trips. Oh, um, good. Okay. Surprisingly. Um, not as not as much as uh, when I'm doing a multi-day hike through the rain. Uh, it's a much worse experience than, uh, than swim packing in terms oh. of this wet, wet feeling. Interesting. I wouldn't um, have thought of that. Uh, probably because you stay, when you're swimming in the wetsuit, you stay, at least you can stay warm. Right. Uh, because there's no evaporation. Um, and so wetsuit does a relatively good job at uh, keeping the warmth, um, um, like of keep, keep, keeping, keeping the warmth of your body. Um, but when you're hiking and you're being 
uh, and, and you're under the rain, uh, you're constantly evaporating that water, which, um, which just causes your body to lose a lot of heat that way. Right. Um, so I think there could be, but once you get out of the water in, in your wetsuit, <clears throat> this is where you start feeling this, this awful feeling of, of dampness. Then <laughs> it's kind of a race against the clock. Um, and a little I'm, bit, yeah. Yeah. And I'm curious. So um, with, you know, from my perspective, backpacking, I know that, you know, if I get if I have a down jacket or a down sleeping bag and it gets wet, it'll completely lose its insulating um, quality. So if so, I have some things that are down and I have some things that are synthetic. If I'm going somewhere or if I'm going on a hike where I think it's going to be really cold and and very likely like very wet. And the, I mean, I I do make an effort to keep my things dry within my bag. But if I know that, you know, I'm really going to rely on on the heat that a sleeping bag or a jacket will provide, I'll make a point to use a synthetic one because if it gets wet, then I know it'll still work. So do you make that consideration as right. well for swim packing? It would be wise to make that consideration. Did I do that consideration? No. <laughs> You're totally right. Uh, it would make total sense to bring a uh, synthetic uh, synthetic uh, down jacket, uh, sorry, synthetic jackets yeah. um, and uh, synthetic uh, sleeping bags. Uh, I just don't have them. So oh, fair. I okay. just, I, I, I use what I have and it's mostly down um, ins insulating materials. Um, yes. Once the, I mean, on one swim packing trip, uh, one of the first ones where I was just kind of proving the concept, um, uh, my dry bag, uh, got a leak and all of my gear got wet. Uh, oh, no. I was just lucky that the day itself was really, uh, the night itself was very warm. So I, my, my dry bag, my, uh, sleeping bag got, uh, dry only towards the end of the morning. Mm. Um, um, yeah. And, uh, so it wasn't very fun. Um, but I think my sealing system uh, in the in the in the swim pack is currently pretty reliable. That mm -hmm. I don't really have to think about it too much. If I don't think that if if the forecast is good, I wouldn't be too concerned. Uh, at least with my uh, swim pack, that my stuff will get wet. Right. Um, basically, what I do is I put a la uh, I, I put all my stuff in 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 a dry bag liner mm. um i basically use a double layer dry bag uh the one inside being very kind of flimsy uh, but the good thing good thing about flimsy dry bags is that they seal really well mm. they're not very good for wear and tear uh but they're they're really good um they have really good sealing properties um so that one goes inside and on the outside goes the sturdy um, a vinyl dry bag, right? Um, uh, which just keeps uh, it. It it serves two purposes. It uh, keeps the water away relatively. It still leaks, uh, but not too much, um, and it protects the inner liner from from rips. That's that seems like a really good system. Um, yeah, and and I know I've seen that there are these rafts that you can pull. I think they're like kind of inflatable. Is that but. Yeah, is that something? I guess you haven't used one of those, and like they're not necessarily, you know, uh, necessary. 
<laughs> I I heard of them and I, I I saw a lot of pictures. Uh, I think they're really popular in the um, uh, Scottish swim packing community. Mm. Um, and I saw some some people just doing open water swims who just want to take their keys with them or or like their clothes mm. or, or, or shoes. Not necessarily not necessarily overnight swimmers. Uh, I see those people using those uh, rucksacks uh, oh, or whatever they're called. Right. Um, and um, yeah, the distinguishing feature of that technology is that they use a little raft, like an inflatable raft, and your backpack or your dry bag or whatever you have goes on top of it. Mm. Uh, I haven't really tried it, but I'm I'm, I'm quite keen. I should I should really uh, get my hands on it uh to kind of compare it with my system um i think it might be slightly faster um because it is floating so there is just less volume of uh yeah i think it causes slightly less drag um we were debating this with my uh, with, with martin quite a lot he has background in uh, fluid dynamics um, oh, wow. and uh, the more fluid dynamics you know the, the 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 less certain you are about it so he was very adamant to make any comments about um about uh different t- different swim pack configurations that i was coming up with um but um uh, but it was it was quite uh, interesting to talk to him about it um once he once he agreed <laughs> to talk about it um and um yeah i i i think it's a i think it it works i mean i saw a lot of people using it so it so it must work uh but it's not necessary if you just have a dry bag uh and a leash like a piece of rope that's really all you need to get into swim packing you don't need to buy uh any fancy extra gear yeah um uh, swimming was always um thought of as very low how do you call it like barrier um, to access or something um, like yes very having very low barrier to access um uh, um you need a swimsuit and goggles uh and off you go yeah uh, in warmer countries in canada you also you probably also need a wetsuit but um I think you can buy you can buy a wetsuit, a used wetsuit, relatively relatively cheaply, um, and uh, just make sure that your wetsuit is stretchy uh, because okay. some of the wetsuits are are not stretchy. Therefore, diving uh, those are not very good. Uh, okay, you will suffer a lot in them. Right, um, if you're trying as long to as it's it. stretchy, yeah. Okay. If you're trying to 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 paddle with it, uh, if you're trying to like, you basically need to be able to lift your hands uh over your head comfortably right. uh if you can't do it uh search for a different wetsuit basically That's a great um, piece of advice. um and if going back to uh swim packs um i ended up with a configuration of a swim pack where i have two dry bags connected in series kind of mm. one like kind of connected end to end um it gives me a total volume of i think around 40 liters so it's 20 liter bags um and to kind of cut on to kind of um prevent a bigger cross section i i've um um like the cross section of of moving uh through the water mm. uh i have uh 
basically connected them in series uh, mm. as opposed to in in, in parallel um, and uh, and when I take it out of the water and when I start hiking I transform it into uh, this uh, into kind of in par they, they go in parallel like the two dry mm. bags go in parallel and um, it kind of turns into this uh, aqua long style backpack uh, with like kind of these two tanks on 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 the sides. Whoa. Uh, yeah. That's cool. Uh, so yeah, but I uh, it does often make a difference. Like I remember trying uh, Martin's uh, swim pack uh, and my swim pack, um, and there were differences. Like the c- configuration of um, of a dry bags. Uh, dry bag attachment does make a difference um, so as long as you are minimizing the cross section of the um, uh, of your bag moving through the water right um, you're you're going to be fine so you want to have like a narrow like profile or whatever as you go through the water yes. to like reduce the drag yes okay yes, yes. okay that makes sense and so you, we've kind of sort of alluded to some of these um like you know, maybe hypothermia or getting swept out to sea or something like that. But what are what are some of the hazards um, swim pack, you know, swim packers have to think about that, you know, like a hiker wouldn't necessarily have to think about? Um, I always try. So in order to prevent drowning, basically, um, you need to watch for the currents. If you're especially if you're swimming in the open in in the ocean or somewhere like in the in the sea where tidal currents are a thing, um, um, so you need to be watching for for um, tide tables and sometimes for the uh, for the currents, if, especially if you have access to a um, like some sort of a model uh, of the currents, uh, then I often try to check with that. There's a very good resource uh, called uh, Salish Seacast. Okay. By made by Susan Allen at uh, she is a prof- professor at um, at UBC, uh, and they provide a service uh, of um, just basically current, very detailed current maps uh, of Salish Sea, uh, which is um, Salish Sea is. Uh, the waters, um, ocean waters around uh, Vancouver Island and uh, Vancouver City. Right. Um, and uh, I would often use that uh, just to make sure that I'm not going to get swept into the open water um, um, if I'm if I'm swimming next to the next to the shore. I always right. make sure if I'm swimming in the open ocean, I always make sure to swim. Uh, close to the shore. I never hop the islands. Mm. Um, I never swim from an island to an island, at least not for longer distances. I, I did one trip um, where I crossed like a 500 meter channel, but it's not it's not really dangerous. Um, but I never go on like, on these big adventures where I would swim for like three kilometers to an island or something like that. Right. That for me, at least with my swimming, and I think for most people uh, without support, that would be deadly. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend not doing that. Okay. okay. <laughs> um. So as long as you're keeping close to the shore, 
um, or you're in some sort of a lake um, where you know you're not going to get swept into the open water, um, you're more likely to be fine. Uh, okay. Uh, the main danger, however, is uh, the recreational boats. Uh, mm-hmm. and- um, in in lakes and uh, in uh, in the ocean, um, it is probably yeah it's probably the biggest danger. Um, as a swimmer, you have a very small profile and uh, you're not very that you're not really that visible in the water, especially if the water is slightly choppy. Um, uh, I think that um, uh, people who are uh driving boats is that how you say it driving boats <laughs> or, no. or yeah operating um uh, operating boats yes they they might not really notice you because they often go really fast um and don't necessarily they might not necessarily notice you so my advice would be to first have a really bright cap like pink or or yellow or or something like that uh not gray or blue right um have very bright swim pack so i have yellow and red swim packs and know where the boats are um if you know that there's there's going to be high traffic uh high boat traffic in that location maybe consider either spending as little time there as possible um or or plan alternative routes um so yeah also going in a bigger group probably helps as well you just have you just you people might uh notice you uh, much easier right um i think this is this is the the, the high uh, this is the highest risk is is the boats uh, everything else is more of a fear factor rather than right. actual danger okay um yeah what i was really scared of was wildlife in the in the ocean i read a lot about um about jellyfish and stuff uh in our waters we're not really um we don't really have that many uh stinging jellyfish we have right. giant main jellyfish which uh which which paralyzes fish uh, but I think for humans, it's not that dangerous. It can be quite painful, but you're not likely to like get paralyzed or something. You can right. freak out. Yeah, That's probably the most out. dangerous thing is you can, you can Panic. freak out and, and, and do something stupid. Right. Um, but uh, those jellyfish are often quite, they're at least four meters deep. Mm, um, okay. So you swim over them. It's quite spooky, but it's not likely to, you're not very likely to run into one. Okay. Okay. And you don't yes. worry about things like like sea, uh, like sea lions or or uh, I don't know other spooky things. Not that they're spooky, uh, but I think if I was swimming in in like ocean water, I might be a little bit spooked out. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, the most adorable thing that you can see in the in the water is a seal. Oh, <laughs> they are so curious they're curious they're harmless they will be swimming with you for kilometers um if the water is fresh you can actually see them doing like you can see them swimming under the water uh sorry if the water is clear you can you can actually see them see them quite deep they swim under you um and it's very it's very 
tail waggy motion. It's I've never <laughs> seen that before. It, it's it's just adorable. Um, I've never seen uh, sea lions while I was swimming. I only okay. saw them once when I was kayaking, and that mm. was on Discovery Islands. Okay. I would never go swimming to the Discovery Islands. Uh, it's right next to Victoria. Okay. Uh, because the currents there are just insane. Uh, okay. Um, yeah. So I don't think that sea lions would be... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how aggressive they are, right. but they're just not that common. Right. Uh, I've never seen them while while swim packing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the other among other critters, I I don't really know if there's any. Uh, there's some rumors going around about um, uh, what's it called about uh, what are these whales called? I forgot. Orcas. Uh, killer whale. About orcas, yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, they, um, I heard that some, some people uh, were saying that they sometimes can confuse a seal and a, and a, mm. and a, uh, and a swimmer in a wetsuit. Right. But I, I, I tried to find any statistics on, on um, any incidents, and I think there was like one right or, or or two in the past in like the recorded history so don't take my word for it right but i am personally not very concerned about it because i couldn't really find much information about um about serious incidents yeah well i mean i'm sure it's kind of like you know when when you're on the land uh and you're in an area where you know that you know mountain lions exist there's there's always a very 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 remote chance that you might have a negative encounter but it's so rare that like you kind of weigh the risks and and it's just worth it to to go and and do your thing anyway because the odds of something happening are so so minor and there are other things that you need to be concerned about like in your case the recreational boats and things like that yeah. yeah. Uh, before every trip, I make sure to go over a basically uh, like a small SOP that <laughs> that I made for myself to judge the risk. Okay. Um, to kind of estimate the risk, and uh, yeah, be- before I go on 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 a trip, I always discuss this with my swimming partners, uh, whether they are willing to take the risk of um of going to a highly uh, to 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 a location with high boat traffic um and how we're going to be minimizing that risk if we're deciding to to go for it uh and what are our uh, what's our emergency plan um and so yeah we're we're, we're trying to to be very conscientious of that um, that's smart yeah and and sorry as that was you know the risks it's uh, i i think i think you can you can um alleviate most of it right right and that was an sop plan or slp plan oh sop standard operation procedure oh okay okay (laughs) i just have like a checklist that i just check 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 is there any boats in the area no okay no boats is there any jellyfish in the area uh yes there could be um is it the season for a certain type of jellyfish um no it's not okay we're good and so so on and so forth wow Um, that's great okay and so um i mean i don't want to i don't want to 
I was going to ask you what's the scariest thing that's happened to you while swim packing, but I don't want to like create this like mythology about how scary or dangerous <laughs> it is. So you don't have to answer that if if you don't want to. Um, because yeah, <laughs> I will. Yeah, I will say that I I never really I was never risking my life when uh, when swim packing. Yeah, uh, probably the, the the coolest things that were happening to me while swim packing are the things that I have seen and experienced. Yes, uh, like, I'd, like I'd rather hear about over that. The clouds or swimming through. Um, I mean, British Columbia and Salish Sea in general has an exquisite wild marine wildlife. Uh, it's just insane. Uh, especially if you're swimming through um, shallow waters uh, in between the islands or uh, through the creek, like the Widgeon Creek where we went to uh, in September, um, you're always uh, discovering new species that you have never seen before. Um, and um, you're always also seeing things from such a different perspective. Uh, you could have been to that place many times uh, through uh, by by kayaking or canoeing, but you've never seen under the water. Um, and it just opens this uh, another 180 degrees of, of freedom, basically, uh, that you are free to explore and um, and. Um, and experience uh probably the the most beautiful experiences that i had was swimming through a jellyfish field where um jellyfish were spread through a very uh deep portion of the of of the water and you could see this absolutely beautiful parallax effect where the uh, jellyfish close to you are moving really fast Whoa. and th those that are deeper are moving slower so you feel like you're just uh, kind of moving through the star through the star field is absolutely mesmerizing oh my god um, or the interactions with with the seals is always very hilarious and 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 kind of touching um you see a lot of very beautiful i don't know if those are corals i'm not really like sea cucumbers and, and, mm. and starfish uh while while swimming through through the islands or through estuaries um yeah, so there's like a lot of that in swim pack and not as much dangerous things. Right. If talking about dangerous aspects, like if talking about dangerous stories, I had one, which is not really, not even a close call, honestly. Um, we got a little bit too far from the land, maybe mm. like a kilometer or something like that. Uh, but otherwise, it would have to do a giant loop. Uh, that was at Quadra Island. Um, okay. We were we were doing this trip where half of the trip were swimming by kind of on the, uh, at the shore of the Quadra Island, and the second day we went into the island and swam through the uh, lake that goes that spans almost the entire length, uh, or like the, uh, the the entire length of the main portion of the island. Wow. So it was this mixed adventure where we did both sea um, swim packing and freshwater swim packing, which uh, which was quite interesting. Uh, and during the sea portion, um, we started feeling um, um, a bit too much drag on oh. our way to uh, to our destination uh we started getting pushed and not in our face we started getting pushed sideways uh into the um, into the um open waters um uh it wasn't very strong 
Uh, it was, but it kind of highlights that if you're a swimmer in the ocean, you are just a speck of dust. You have no power over the, like if you're in a kayak, you can sometimes power through the the, the current a little bit. If you're a swimmer, there's nothing you can do. <laughs> you can just float. Um, so you need to be very careful about that. Yeah. Uh, but again, the closer you are to the shore, the the the, the lesser the risk. Uh, we got a bit too far away, and uh, just because we were slightly lazy, we didn't want to do this giant loop, uh, and we decided to just um, um, clear cut, uh, not clear cut, just 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 cut through. Yeah, just cut through. And uh, we were basically saved by the fact that along the way through that um, uh, short route, there was a tiny island. And uh, for a while, for like 15 minutes, we were trying to reach that island and not moving a single inch. Oh, God. Um, We were like maybe 100, maybe 200 meters away from the island and we just couldn't move. Uh, we just kept trying and all we had to do was basically swim a little bit away from the island kind of 90 mm. degrees relative to it and then we caught an eddy like an eddy current oh, from the okay. island and it just pushed us towards that we didn't even have to swim all we had to do is to change our direction of swimming a little bit that's advanced and it just like stuff. spit us <laughs> I was I was a bit yeah I was very happy to find that solution. Um, uh, it, it it does help understanding uh, understanding a little bit of how currents work. Uh, but once you start doing that, you you, you get a feel of it, uh, like where where to catch an eddy and and stuff like that. But better not to better not to even get in situations like that where you need to rely on your uh, notion, uh, uh, your understanding of of currents (laughs) yeah no no that's totally fair and i mean to 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 on a on a happy note like to go back to your point about um wildlife encounters and things like that not to like completely change gears but yeah it just like Mm -hmm. it it resonated because um a couple years ago like before the pandemic i a friend took me sea kayaking in the salish sea um and Mm. like around uh one of the gulf islands and we were only out there for a couple of hours, but I saw like four types of jellies. I saw a seal that was, they're like the dogs of the sea. Like it was, they're so curious and it just kept popping up and it would follow us and it would like pop up and follow us. We saw um, bioluminescent plankton, um, which was really incredible. Yeah. We, we intentionally went at the end of the day so that it would get, dark you know like we weren't out in the water like we we made it back to to like a dock or whatever but um it was dark so we had the opportunity to like wave our paddles around in the water and and make the plankton light up um yeah it's incredible so I can only imagine it's 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 so amazing even just with with paddling the things that you can see because you are on the water and you have you know like you're out there that you obviously can't see from shore or even from a bigger boat so I can only imagine like how much more immersive it is when you are immersed in the water and you're like you're swimming with these creatures it's so incredible 
Um, it is definitely, it definitely adds, uh, the fact that you were in the water, it adds a lot to the experience. This, this, this feeling of, of cold water um, definitely kind of helps you unite mentally with uh, with the environment. Um, absolutely, yeah. you you feel all the. It also it is it is a bit painful. Like there's a bit of a pain aspect to it uh, because it's cold. At least for me, mm. um, um, and it uh, it really kind of um, makes the feelings a bit sharper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can only imagine. Well, and also not to mention the fact that like you cannot use your phone like you can't even even camping and cycling and hiking and things like that you can always stop and very easily pull your phone out of your pocket or your fanny pack and like scroll but you can't really do that when you're when you're swimming so you must be very very much just like in in the moment and very present one thing about British Columbia is that once you get out of the city, the the internet connection just gets lost right away. Okay, right. Um, <laughs> even if I had, if I, even if I had access to my phone, it would be pretty useless in terms of scrolling. Um, it, yeah, we do use our phones sometimes on the trips, like even in the water, very sparingly and very carefully to not yeah. drop your phone. Yes. Um, but this is the only way of taking pictures. Right. Uh, so you have to take it out. Uh, I don't have a water. Oh, actually, no, I do have a waterproof camera, but it's a GoPro and GoPros are not that good. At least I have one of the first versions of it and uh, the photos on GoPro are not that good. Not okay. that good. So I have to sometimes take out my phone. Uh, and carefully take a picture and then put it back in the um, in some sort of a fanny pack that's attached to the swim pack or something like that. That's fair. Um, yeah. That's fair. Okay. One yeah. one last question. Oh, sorry. Were you going to say something? It's the silly delay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's okay. Uh, the other reason why I keep the phone on me mm. uh, like relatively accessible is for navigation. Mm -hmm. Um, you it's you're not really going that far to need uh, an awful lot of navigation like you can remember everything like you can remember the route right. um, but on the last trip to Widgeon Creek for example there was so many uh, small little um, forks uh, where the mm. creek just you don't know which arm of the creek to take and so you just pull out your phone and, and check the map of where to go next yeah um, which is kind of uh interesting i i always um I, I always found it found it interesting to kind of use um maps while while swimming um it's because it's it's not very accessible um and uh, i still didn't really solve how what's the best way of doing that yeah uh, so yeah still working on that interesting well yeah I mean I guess unlike unlike hiking or mountain biking I'm sure there aren't a whole lot of maps out there for like a, a trail up a creek network that you can swim I mean I suppose there might be for paddling <laughs> or something like that but um it's just like such a new new and novel thing it helps so much that uh, like the more people you talk to, um, the the more ideas come into um, into this sport, or I don't really I don't really know how to call this. Yeah. Um, like the last the last trip, uh, like most of the trips that I was doing prior to this September were 
uh, I basically came up, came up with uh, with with the idea of like of with the route, and uh, I was uh, I was doing the planning either alone or or with my friends. But this time, I basically went on a trip that was planned by by my friends. Cool. They found the spot. Um, and I honestly would never found it. It's such a such a beautiful um, uh, trip and um, uh, such a such a jewel in terms of uh, swim packing. Um, and yeah, I would I would never find it probably. Uh, so the more people know about swim packing, the the the, the more um, the, the the better the routes get and the better the the experience of swim packing gets in my in my opinion. Oh, that's so exciting. Well, I I hope somebody will hear this and um and it'll it'll spark an interest for them, um because there are so many lakes. I mean, well, I'm I'm in Ontario, so I'm just thinking we have so many lakes here. Um, but yeah, you know, wherever you are in Canada, there's going to be water of some kind. Well, maybe maybe not everywhere, right. but um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, so so if some if someone who has never tried swim packing wants to like, and I'm sorry, I I intentionally put this pun in, but like wants to like dip their toes <laughs> or get their feet wet. <laughs> Thank you for laughing. <laughs> um, what what kind of like first steps should they take? I mean, I guess I guess it depends on whether they already have backpacking. So let's say that they have some backpacking experience or or, or whatever. So they have, let's say that they have like backpacking gear, like a tent, sleeping bag, etc. Um, right. Uh, well, get first of all, um, get swimming gear, which is again wetsuit and goggles. Uh, it's you, you might even choose not to swim without goggles because some people mm -hmm. do that. Um, it's um, it, it's really not a big deal. Um, and uh, figure out whether like how good of a swimmer you are. If you can, um, and based on and yeah, based based on how how far you can swim uh, indoors uh, or in some safe uh, area outdoors uh, in like a lake or something like that um you can start planning uh outdoor um uh, swim packing trips um and it doesn't really have to be a really long trip it could be a 300 meters it yeah. could be um it's it's not really about setting up some athletic uh records uh, it's about getting somewhere with your tent mm -hmm. through the water uh experiencing that um completely different environment um and um and and, and enjoying yourself mm -hmm. uh i you don't need to swim fast you don't need to um uh or or, or really far mm -hmm. um uh, you have all day remember remember also that you have often have all day even if you can't swim like more than a kilometer in an hour or something like that uh, remember that you have more than one hour you can always stop rest um uh, depending on your route um and um uh, and start over um so keep that keep that in mind yeah um um all the gear that is necessary for camping it's all the same for swim packing um if you have um stuff that packs smaller pick that instead of uh, things that pick lighter 
uh, lightness, I think, doesn't really matter as much. It is the volume that I often um, struggle with, just fitting everything in 40 liters of right. uh, dry bags. Um, and um, yeah, it's it's super fun. Uh, and I think it's also pretty safe as long as you know the risks, which are, again, boats and currents. Right. Yeah. And I mean, I think, uh, like you said, starting off very small is probably the best, maybe the best thing someone who hasn't done it before can do. Like, you know, like you, um, if, if somebody has like a, 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 a shallow creek with no current or with very little current, so it's easy to, you know, kind of bail or stand up or, you know, if there's a place that you're already familiar with, like a provincial park or a national park and, you know, there's a campsite on the water and maybe you can decide to get into the water like a distance not too far from the campsite you have reserved or yeah like I feel like um mm-hmm. yeah you can you can really kind of ease into it um yeah absolutely yeah start um start small uh don't don't do the mistakes that me and Martin did where we went on our first swim packing trip that was 24 28 kilometers uh, it's just likely not to work <laughs> um go on a smaller one that uh, especially especially if you have been swimming somewhere before uh in the open waters maybe maybe try just to take a tent with you this time and swim slightly further this time and pitch a tent there uh, if it's allowed um, yes in yes that, in that location yeah assuming <laughs> um, uh, yeah and um yeah it doesn't have to be grandiose um on our first trip that that we went to in um, uh, at Nitnat, we actually I think swam only a kilometer or something like that. We ended up swimming very little just to gain experience, just to kind of understand what it's all, what it's all about, right? Uh, and kind of learn at least something from it. Every for every trip, especially in the beginning, uh, when you're just starting to uh, do multi-day swimming trips, uh, you learn so much, um, and it's uh, things that you often can't even write or uh, things that you can't really uh, learn from anyone. You can just do those mistakes yourself and yeah. not do them again. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so many things are like that too. Like you can you can research in theory, you can research the theory for, for ages, but um, you don't really learn until you're, until you're actually, you know, practicing the thing. Um, I think that's yeah. great advice. Okay, now... Um, I don't always do this, but sometimes I like to end with a speed round of this or that questions. Um, so uh, I, I, I have a couple of questions for you and we'll, I'll just like kind of rapid fire them. Okay. So first, cause, cause I was paying attention. Okay. Jellyfish or PB and jelly? <laughs> <laughs> That's so horrible. <laughs> I think I'm less scared of jellyfish than... I'm I'm less scared of jellyfish these yeah. days. I I would pick jellyfish. I jellyfish. can't get over that that that, that smell. Nope, not I, doing it again. I hate PB and J. I haven't had it since I was a kid, and I'll never have it unless somebody forces me to. Um, okay, chocolate or chips? Ah. Uh. Chocolate, hands down, chocolate uh, chips get super soaked um, mm, uh, on swim packing trip, and they and they turn into mush. <laughs> okay, fair, <laughs> fair. Bears or whales? Uh, 
whales. Whales. Although bears are so adorable sometimes too, especially when they're at a, at a distance. They are, but whales. But whales. Just, yeah, they just inspire <laughs> such like awe. I don't. I don't see a, a black bear running away from me and think like that's such a majestic creature. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love them both. Um. Well. Thank you so much. It's been so fun to talk to you and to learn about swim packing. And I can't wait for for people who listen to the show to to learn more about it as well. And um, yeah. And uh, do you have any uh, plans for next summer? Do you have any swim packing uh, destinations or goals in mind? Uh, well, knit <laughs> uh, knit trip is still a thing that I am planning on doing at some point. Nice. Um, I nice. didn't really bail on that idea. I realize how much of a feat that is, honestly. Um, once I, since I've gotten more experience in, in, in swimming uh, and swim packing in general. Um, yeah, I am planning on at some point coming to Ontario and uh, lake bagging a few lakes. Nice. Um, just kind of try. Um, it's it's insane when I when I go over um, uh, your province and Google Maps, it's so covered in lakes. It's just it's how do you guys like? <laughs> yeah, yes. How do you like build anything around them? This is insane. <laughs> it's just um, and like. yeah and uh there must be some really hidden gems that i i just don't know about i'm sure some people have already uh done those rights uh those those routes and um after this this podcast i will i will definitely try to find those faults that you were talking about uh from ontario and um ask ask them learn about what what they have done um because i'm sure there's an infinite potential in swim packing in Ontario. Oh yeah. At the lakes, um, I, I can only imagine even um if you look if you're looking at parks, like Killarney Provincial Park has a lot of really stunning lakes. Although the thing about those lakes is they're 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 acid lakes, so um there's not a lot of mm-hmm. life in them anymore. Like they're they're I'm if you mm-hmm. go in them like your your flesh won't melt off or anything like that. But okay. um but they just like they're kind of devoid. Some of them are kind of devoid of life. Um, but they're very clear and aqua colored. It's really interesting. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. It's pretty cool. Another thing that I was thinking about is maybe some. Uh, I was thinking about Garibaldi Lake for a really long time. Um, Garibaldi Lake is uh, a um, a glacial lake. Um, in Garibaldi Provincial Park in BC. Okay. Um, it's absolutely beautiful. And there is a hut, um, mm. a Sphinx hut, I believe, uh, on the other side of the lake uh, from the main trail. And the only way to get there is either by skiing there over the frozen lake or by paddling or maybe swimming. Or swimming, um, yeah. Um, yeah, all of my partners so far were very hesitant of that because, okay. well, it is a glacial lake. Very cold. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, but I think I think it might be possible, like sometime in the summer when when on a on a on an especially hot day. Yeah, yes. you'll have to just play it by ear, I guess. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. It's been so fun talking to you. Thank you for being on the show. It was very fun. I always, I'm very, um, 
Uh, I'm always glad talking about uh, swim packing. I, I really love this. Uh, thanks for inviting. And yeah, uh, it was super fun. Thank Yay. you so much.